Lauren, here we are. Show's about to start. And look who just walked in. Why, it's Napa County 5th District Supervisor Belia Ramos. Wow. Hey, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's great to see you, Belia. Thanks for joining. We're going to find out a lot about you today, I think. Let's avoid the issues, shall we? Oh, absolutely. If we could just talk about shoes, donuts, and just <laughs> what I like to do. Let's let's do that. I th- you, you're in the media so often talking about what's happening in the county. Let's just focus on you. I like that. I really like the sound of that. Speaking of you, I'm curious, is there... You know, do you have like a website or something? I was I, I I was looking around. I didn't see like a dedicated website for you. But where would where would people go to get more information about you? I would go to countyofnapa.org, which is all spiffed up and new. We just revamped the website, and you can see all the supervisors there, not just myself. And that's also where you can figure out what committees I serve on and how to get in touch with me. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into this today. It's gonna be fun. What's that, Lauren? Just something. Something? Yeah. We'll get her to say something in Spanish. Okay. Let's plan that out after. Okay. Okay. We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Thanks, Lauren. Of course, we always love to have folks, whether you're visiting the valley or a Napa neighbor, all the visiting information is at judshill.com. And uh, while you're there, you can poke around, see some of our fun videos. There's just all kinds of stuff, events that are going on, and, uh, you know, maybe you can even put a little wine in your basket. Just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. That's a good deal. Should we should we go even further? This is like, I feel like such the salesman, like I should be driving a, doing like a used car as well. But but there is a better deal out there, Lauren Mole, and how do folks get that? You can even join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. How do you like that? It's free to join and you're guaranteed to try all of our wines, get invited to all the fun events, and, um, you know, just be a part of something fun. And that's what it's all about. That's what the wine's about. That's what life in Napa Valley is about. That's what the show's about, just enjoyment. And we're going to talk a little bit about that with Supervisor Ramos. Looking forward to it. Let's start the show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of finkel fun. Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON Studios at Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, John Fingelstein. Uh, good morning, Lauren Mole. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Judd. Top of the day. Top of the day. What's the latest and greatest in the world of Lauren? Well, I'm happy to say that uh, the Everybody is a Star organization is honored to once again be performing the Star Spangled Banner on March 16th at Oracle Arena when your NBA champion Golden State Warriors take on the Phoenix Suns. Amazing, man. Amazing. Let's talk about that for a second. We, we've mentioned that organization many a time on the show, but once again, let's uh, enlighten our listeners as to what Everybody is a Star does and how you're connected to it. Well, Everybody is a Star is a nonprofit, uh, nonprofit-based organization in Sonoma that helps special needs individuals like myself uh, showcase our, our talents and broadcast quality music videos. It's amazing. And if you go to the website, everybodystar.org, and by the way, that website runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. 65 days a year. Okay. I I was stealing your line. I was letting you finish up. That's okay. But if you go there, you can see Lauren's music video. That's right. And how did you first get hooked up with them? Oh, because uh, me and my friend Eva Sapper have been doing uh, plays with Broadway-bound kids uh, over in cinema for for quite a long time. And uh, Eva, of course, was the first ever star to do a video. And so uh, the people at Everybody's Star approached me. And they asked if I would like to do a, 
a music video of my own. So I'm like, okay, so I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and it's great. It is so good. I, I would encourage everybody to go to Everybody's Star. Dot org. Check out Lauren's video. I'm, I would imagine the date uh, tickets for the March 16th uh, game, are, are they available on that website or do you have to go through the Warriors box office? Um, I'm thinking you could probably go either way. Either way. Okay. I'd say go any way you can. Yeah. You can go your own way. <laughs> It's Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, uh, so what's going on with you, Judd? You know, getting ready to go on this uh, Mississippi cruise. It's uh, it's the middle of April when this departs, and I think there's still cabins available. I, it was tight. It's tight, but there may still be. Uh, you can check it out. This is the Judd's Hill Wine Cruise, and it's New Orleans to Memphis, April 15th through 23rd. It is on the, I think they call it the, the world's most opulent a paddle boat, the American Queen. It's going to be great. The, the What do you call it? The excursions are included. There's a hotel in New Orleans the night before, and I'm going to certainly be taking people out. I've already got a plan. It's going to be fun. Uh, wine throughout and talks and just tons of fun on a historic journey up the Mississippi from New Orleans to Memphis. Details at judshill.com on the events page. Also, while you're there, check out some of the fun things we do at Judd's Hill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toot our horn a little bit. We we, for the past, uh, well, for the past few years, we have been within the top four things to do in Napa Valley on TripAdvisor is a visit to Judd's Hill. And for the past, uh, I don't know how long, we have been creeping up within those four to like number two. And then uh, recently and holding now for a few weeks, we are the number one specific. I'm going to qualify it a little specific because if we go to TripAdvisor and look at things to do in Napa Valley... The first thing will say, go wine tasting, very general. And then it will say, uh, take a private tour, general. But then when we get into the specifics, it says, visit Judd's Hill. And I'm very proud about that. We've created this great hospitality experience. People seem to like the wine too, which helps, but they always have a good time. They remember it. And something they like to do is our bottle blending day camp, where you come and you blend your own wine. You can bottle it and take it home that day, custom label it. Also, our Wine and Food and Balance Seminar, which is a really fun, about 90-minute seminar where you get little flavors, like a little bit of salt or a little bit of lemon juice. And we talk about how this works with the wine and how you can gain the skills to confidently um, throw a dinner party or talk about food and wine. You know, if, you're, uh, if your wine is – the wine you pulled seems very tannic, a little secrets you can do to the food to help soften the experience of the wine. So it's really fun. We have all these great things besides just our fantastic, I call it our regular old wine tasting, but it's not, you know, it's seated. It can be outside on a nice day and it's, it's lovely. So check us out at judshill.com. We are on the Silverado Trail, just north of the town of Napa. And of course, we'd love to have our Napa neighbors visit as well as anybody visiting town. You know, that's enough about me for now. I think we should get to our guest. And uh, <laughs> there she is. She's, she's passing me notes. I, and <laughs> you can talk. It's okay. We haven't introduced you, but you can say, I couldn't quite read that. My glasses are a little foggy, but is there something you want to? Oh, good morning. My good, name is Bella. No, 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 no. We're getting to that. We're getting to, we're, We'll introduce <laughs> you. you don't, we'll, take that, we'll take that responsibility <laughs> off your plate. But was there, I didn't see the note. Is that something I needed to say? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. We'll talk about that. No. No problem. We'll get there. Remember, this is this is your show. You can bring up anything you want. Lauren, would you please introduce our guest? Sure, Judd. <laughs> Today, Judd will remain the calm host as we welcome our guest, someone quite famous. She's our fifth district supervisor, and we may just get a rise out of her. So let's welcome our friend, Belia Ramos. There she is, ladies and gentlemen. Belia Ramos, our uh, Napa County supervisor, fifth district chairwoman. Is that what we were getting at of the of the Napa last year? Oh, last year! <laughs> Thank so that's, you so much. Uh, that's outdated information. I'm sorry. No worries. Uh, um, I think I may have shared that on Facebook. Let's it, talk to Chairwoman. Uh, okay, sorry. That's okay. Sorry, supervisor. I'm still, I'm still a supervisor. That's true. I'm that's, still a supervisor, <laughs> and that's the important thing. So, who now is the chair? That would be my colleague Brad Wagenkunek. Oh, Brad, we like him. He has adopted the "be kind" buttons that my kids have been yes. uh, involved in. We'll get into that too. So, okay, good. At least there's a, a "be kind" dude. There is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you are well known, as uh, Lauren mentioned. You're quite famous. Uh, you are our one of our uh, Napa County supervisors. Let's get to that point, though, by backing up and finding out a little bit 
about you. You know, folks see you all the time in the media, at meetings, at public events, and service organizations, and professional organizations, and in the paper, and on and on and on. But do they really know who you are? Shall shall we get to know you today? Well, let's let's <laughs> let's let's go back. And well, so that requires going back to 1978 at Queen of the Valley Hospital. That's where I made my debut. That's where it happened. Yeah, you are a local through and through. I know we are both St. Helena people. Yes. And I was about to ask you because I had a feeling you're a bit younger because I don't think we were in school at the same time. I'm, I uh, so I was a seven, yeah, about six years apart, I guess. We were in school, but I think you're maybe your brother. Is he? Yeah, he's older, right? My brother's older. We were in school and, together. And I, I remember seeing you when you would come with choir to school <laughs> to come and sing. Um, you, oh no! You know, that was quite. That's uh, in in St. Helena. Certainly, choir was quite the thing over there. So we'd come. Yeah. And jazz oh. choir kids would come, and that was me. That would be the that would be the big assembly day. I remember that. That was a big deal. <laughs> Even when I was at St. Helena Elementary and the middle school, when the jazz choir came, it was a big big deal. Craig Bond, the director, you know, he created a powerhouse over there, just yeah. choir all the way through. So certainly, I remember those days as a kid, and then. Finally, making it into the jazz choir was quite a thrill to be able to go out. But okay, so St. Helena, we have that in common. Yes. You're born here in Napa. Grew up in St. Helena. Do you want to know why I was born in Napa? That's pretty interesting. Sure. Please. (coughs) My brother was born at St. Helena Hospital, then, you know, sanitarium. Mm -hmm. And my mom did not like the vegetarian options to eat. So when I was going to be born, she asked my dad to drive her to Napa. So, so she, could... um, she had Wendy's on the way to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> off a of Trancus, including a strawberry shake. And that's why I was born at Queen of the Valley Hospital, because my mother um, wanted different meal options. You know what? That's that's absolutely fair, I think. And especially, you know, when you're pregnant, you're in the process of giving birth. You should have exactly what you want to have. Now, you have a... So you've got a history here. I'm still getting by the Wendy's. I think that's fantastic. My dad always was a funny. Wendy's it's dude. It's a pretty yeah. funny story. Now, do you still do you have a taste for Wendy's to this day? Did it like filter through? No, no. I'm really weirded out by the square patty. Oh, really? Yeah. Just the shape of it. The, the, just the shape doesn't seem like a patty to me. It's a visual thing. Yeah, it totally is. Okay. It totally uh, is. So, are you a burger person? Did your mom oh, love it? Oh, I had burgers last night. You did? Or, my did... mom. My mama made me a burger. Okay, so let's get to this. We're going to go all over the place on this show. Don't worry. <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in the process of giving birth to you, she's craving burgers. Now that she's making burgers on her own, what what is uh, mama's specialty? What is her signature style? Oh my gosh, my mom and my brother can vouch for it. Right. Has the best burger ever. So okay. she puts a little bit of oatmeal oh. into the ground beef. Some texture. And yeah. adds some texture to it. Mm-hmm. And she puts an egg in there. Uh-huh. And I hope she doesn't get mad that I'm giving away a recipe. And then you, there's, you can leave out you can leave out <laughs> some ingredients. I, I will leave out <laughs> one main ingredient I think that makes my mom's burger. The other one is she puts chopped onions into yeah. her burgers. So it sounds kinda like a meatloaf. It's kinda it is like a meatloaf, but it's in a patty and it is just amazing. Sounds That's fabulous. what we had last night. Yeah, and dressed with um, you well grilled onions, of course. Mm-hmm. She adds that in. Delicious. Um, but you know, I've got these picky kids, so she doesn't really, she doesn't put it all together. Oh, it's I see. more of a burger bar because my kids are so picky these days. Right. One doesn't. One only does ketchup. One does nothing. One does mayonnaise. It's a, it's a mixture. You got three. I have three. And they all like their burgers different ways. They all like their burgers different ways. They all like their their milk different ways. Milk? Yeah. It's bizarre. Some, you know, one refuses to drink it in a plastic glass oh a cup. And I'm like, okay. Um, Riedel Crystal? Is that yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or nothing. No sippy cups, mama. No sippy cups. <laughs> it has to come out of a decanter. One of them likes a straw. It just, one won't drink milk. You know, they're all different. Three, I, 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 I there's more than one way to, to well, do it all. Good for you. Good for your mama for doting on them and letting them... Have it their way, to quote some other burger place. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's see if we can get back on track a little bit. Um, and we can keep going off track, because I, I, that's kind of my specialty, and I, I enjoy it. Grew up in St. Helena. Yes. Amongst the 
everything that goes on in the agriculture. Yes. Your family was yes. in agriculture. Your father's a vineyard manager, yes. I believe, if yes. I recall. But you had no desire to be in the industry. Or did you? You know, interesting you say it. So I grew up on 25 acres of uh-huh. vineyard down uh-huh. on Inglewood Avenue um, on the Yeager family's property. Okay, very, and, very um, close to where I grew up. I, yeah. I was there my um, my entire life until I was 20 years old. Um, when I was seven years old, my dad, um, you know, back in the day, but when you would pick during really hot times of the day, mm-hmm. um, my dad had me go with the picking crew and to uh, follow behind and and with a picking box, pick up the clusters that they dropped. Yeah. And it was at first, you know, I was pretty excited about the day. I get to spend the whole day with my dad and I thought this right. this is cool. <laughs> at the end of the day, it wasn't it wasn't that cool. I, I was exhausted. And uh, my dad asked me, so did you did you enjoy the day? And I said, you yeah, know, not at all. <laughs> and <laughs> my dad said, then that's why you should study hard uh-huh. and you should go to college. And you'll never have to do that again unless you want to. That was his plan. That was he his plan. He wanted to work you hard to show you that there's there's another way. There is. And um and so I I did as my dad said and yeah. I studied hard and I and I went to college. St. Mary's. St. Mary's Moraga and then uh, and then I went to law school. Right. And um And what was it about law? I mean that that's something you, know, you got to have a very certain goal yeah. or personality to yeah, get into and You do. What drew you towards that line? Yeah, my uh, first job out of college, I was working for Congressman Mike Thompson. Didn't he chase you down? He did chase me down. There's a story yes, behind that, there's isn't there? There's a story behind that. It's Can we story. hear that right now? Yes. Is so, that jumping around too much? No. I think it fits. No, this is a good story. So I was um, summer, it was August of 99, and I had just come home from San Diego. I was taking a course over there, mm-hmm. and I had just graduated college, and I came home and my mom wakes me up and you know I'm I'm a college grad with no job so I'm sleeping right yeah and my mom wakes me up and she says what did you do those were the words (laughs) out of my mom and I said um why and she said because there is a congressman looking for you and you have five minutes to call him back and I said I don't know what I did. And she said, well, you call him right now. Here's his cell phone. And you call me right back. <laughs> so I, I did. I did. And so I called the um, the good congressman. Yes. And um, I said, uh, you know, my name is Belia Ramos. And sir, I understand you're looking for me. And uh, he said, what are you doing today? And I said, well, I was going to go buy a fax machine to start faxing out my resume that tells you how old I am. <laughs> I was, was sleeping until you woke me up. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I was going to go buy a fax machine right. so I can start faxing out my resume yeah. and find a job. And this he said, some time ago. And he said, do me a favor and hold off on buying that fax machine. Oh, yeah? And uh, come meet with my chief of staff. And I said, for what? And he said, I'd, I'd like to give you a job. And I said, why? And he said, because I asked five people who I should hire that spoke Spanish to be in my office. And they all said you. Really? And I said, what would I be doing? He said, I don't know. Here's my chief of staff. And he handed (laughs) over the phone to his chief of staff, Ed Matovic. And I came in a couple weeks later and I... uh, I was I was offered a job and I told the congressman I would um, respectfully accept the job, but only for two years because I wanted to go to law school, having no idea why I wanted to go to law school. Um, but honestly, that just um, the experience of the congressman's office uh, strengthened my desire to be able to understand our our policy system mm. more, our legal system more, um, and to understand the the cross section of law and politics. Um, to me, that was fascinating. It still, to this day, is fascinating yeah. to me, that intersection. Um, so I did two years with the congressman, and then I, I went off to law school. And while you were working for Mike Thompson, you were assisting families with immigration yes. issues? Yes. I mean, people from all over, correct? Yes. It was... Um, uh, Afghanistan? Yeah, during that time, that's when the rise of the Taliban um, really, really um, swelled. And so there were a number of families that um, 
that I helped in getting their um, their family, their extended families here mm. from Afghanistan or and the um, on the on the outskirts of Pakistan because they had already fled Afghanistan, and to help those families and in, in making their journey to. Kuala Lumpur to be able to meet with the United Nations um, High Commission of Refugees to be able to get the the refugee visas into the United States. Oh, wow. It was a a fascinating thing to learn to be able to um, to to wake up in the middle of the night. Literally, sometimes I'd have to wake up at three in the morning to make calls into the consulates. Yeah, and it was just fascinating to to be able to understand the system, its complexities, um, its its hardships, and and to know that, you know, at, at some point I helped to bring families together and into safety. And, That's phenomenal. And, what greater gift can them. you give somebody? Absolutely. Um, we know when it, when it really came down to it, you know, uh, yes, it was immigration work that I did predominantly at mm-hmm. the congressman's office, but I see it as family unification yes. work and keeping families together and keeping them strong um, through that unity. And it was, um, I have a box in 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 my garage uh, where I have all my little keepsakes I have this little room and I have a box of all the thank you cards I received during mm. my time with with the congressman and I hope you revisit those from time to time I do it gives me inspiration mm-hmm. it gives me inspiration because what may seem like one one gesture or you know taking something off of your to-do list to us um, to to someone else uh, the impact that we have in public service on families it means everything to them and it's a great reminder that what we do matters well it seems to have meant quite a bit to you as well i think you even called this experience life-changing it is and how, how so you then went on to law school i then went on so to with law this school. background that must have given you some perspective of what it was you wanted to do it gave me a perspective <clears throat> that i <clears throat> That I knew that that families needed help. That um, and but that their help, it didn't just it didn't just end. Their need for help didn't just end as as immigrants were escaping, um, you know, uh, civil rights violations in other countries or even civil war or oppression. Um, it's it's a matter of understanding that self sufficiency. Um, it's a journey mm-hmm. for many people. And sometimes it, it requires education and sometimes it, it requires just a knowledge of maneuvering uh, a, a new political system. Um, reality set in that I wasn't going to be able to become the immigration lawyer I wanted to because mm. I had this thing called student loans. Oh. So I took a different route. Okay. I decided to I, I went ahead and I became the corporate lawyer. But then I would volunteer um, doing landlord tenant uh uh, pro bono work, so mm. representing tenants, mostly in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. Oh. Um, again, a very, very um, um, impactful moment in my time to understand that housing um, is just but one component of keeping people healthy. Um, there were a lot of mental health um, issues I dealt with with my with my clients. There were you know social security and disability issues I dealt with my clients and just access to um, to to food, food insecurity issues with my clients. Not just paying the rent yeah. um, and being able to understand that you know I think this journey and and all these different little avenues that I took little just I they're like little branches in my in my career that I've taken have helped me to understand um how to be a more under to be a more compassionate person to to know that uh, my life's great my life's great and that I can benefit other people by helping them by making this an easier um an easier system to maneuver uh, uh to make it more inclusive at the end of the day, that inclusivity is the most important thing. I think humans are amazing and they 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 bring the skill set to thrive. We just we need to present it in in a fashion that allows them to access all that goodness. Well, I would just say thanks for being one of those people who can see that, realize it and act upon it. As as just as a fellow human. Thank Thank you. Thanks for that. I think that's wonderful. Thank my parents because they kind of raised me this way. Well, we're going to talk about them as well because we have to get you back to Napa somehow (laughs) from 
from San Francisco. Oh, I'll tell you how I got here. And I think your dad had something to do with that. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking at the clock. I think, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that. Let's well, tell that story and then we'll take a little break. Let's this is, start. This let's, is good stuff. Let's start with 500 square feet in San Francisco when you grew up on 25 <laughs> acres in Napa Valley. So that, I imagine. That gets you started. Yeah. My dad, um, we were, we were, I was married at the time. We were looking for a house and um, because I couldn't stand living in 500 square feet. And I had found a house I liked in the El Cerrito Hills, and and um, but it was an old house, right? Like fifty years old or so. And are there kids and in the picture at this there point? There are no kids. Okay, no so kids. it's just five hundred square feet, but not three kids in there. No, okay. but five hundred square feet plus my shoes, and that's quite a problem. We're going to talk about that too in a little bit. <laughs> I got to so, find out more about this. But. So I um, I decided I I I, I want to get out of San Francisco and have an actual house with the yard. And my dad said, "Well, come look at these houses in American Canyon. They're building some new houses in American Canyon." And I said, Todd, American Canyon only has a few things. And it's called Palby's, the Palm Reader, mm-hmm. and Poker, right? Napa Valley Casino. And my dad said, no, American Canyon's got a lot going for it. It's, it's, he said, it's, no, they're tearing down Palby's. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be something great. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Well, I go to see these new houses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've ever walked into a brand new house, it's that's, intoxicating. That's 3,000 square feet compared <laughs> yeah. to your 500. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's intoxicating. Absolutely. Perfect word. And my dad said, you know what? You buy this house. I'll pay your closing costs. And I'll buy you furniture for the living room. I love it. He bribed you back to Napa County. That's called incentivized Excuse parenting. Me, not bribing. Incentivized parenting. <laughs> Good <laughs> and, for you, Dad. <laughs> and uh, we, I, I said, oh, but this house in, in El Cerrito, it's a closer commute. And uh, my dad's like, yeah, you buy that house, I'm not paying for anything. But if you buy this house in American Canyon, I'll pay your closing costs and your furniture. He wanted you nearby. So I, uh, so I, I, I took the bait, yeah. and I came to American Canyon. He was pushing really hard for the house to close. I, di- I, didn't, I couldn't understand why. He said, you've got to close this house before the 4th of July weekend. I was like, Dad, it's already on a 28-day close. And he's like, no, 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 no. Push him harder. Get it in before the weekend so you can use the three-day weekend to move in. Okay, it was important to him. Whatever. Right. Push the escrow company. Got the keys on a Friday, on Friday, June 28th. I had not even unloaded one box from the truck. And my dad walks up to me with a piece of paper and he says, uh, you know how you said, um, <clears throat> he said, you know how I told you that American Canyon's going to be great? And I said, yeah. And he goes, not without you. And he handed me a piece of paper and the piece of paper was an application for the general plan revision committee. And it was due at 5 p.m. on June 28th, and only residents oh. could apply. Wow. And that is how I got to American Canyon. And that is a good place we're going to stop. And then we're going to get, after the break, we'll talk about your journey through public service. How does that sound? Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. This is Bailey Aramo, Supervisor. Bailey Aramos, 5th District, American Canyon, joining us. And uh, we're going to talk more. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. At 1440 on your AM dial in Northern California and streaming live in Moscow, Russia at KVON.com. Back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Streaming live in Moscow. I, I would hope so. I hope I hope that the internet is free and clear there. I don't know exactly, <laughs> Actually, but it is. Is it okay? Good to know. Do, do you have some inside information? Nope, just came into my head. Okay, fine. <laughs> but Lauren is right. Anywhere that you can access a uh, free and clear internet, you can get <laughs> this very show uh, streaming at kvon.com, and of course, past episodes via the iTunes Store. Just type in Judd's Napa Valley Show, and they all show up there sometime. Our guest, Bailey Ramos, Napa County Supervisor, former chairwoman of the Board of Supervisors. And uh, we're talking her time in Napa, growing up here, um, how she got to where she is. We're getting into public service soon. But first, what is, what is this? What have you brought? There is something. Uh, this is this. Wow. You, you brought me a sock hop sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> This well, is. <laughs> you asked me to make a contribution here. Well, bring like, a bring a little bring a little <clears throat> giveaway, and so I'll tell you. Yeah, I like I like to open it up. You know, give our listeners a little something that uh, that shows some side of the personality of our guest. But you, I think you've outdone 
I don't know about yourself, but you've outdone most guests here. This is incredible. So let me tell you about this. Yes. I love Halloween shopping the day after Halloween. Isn't it the best? It's the best. <laughs> and if it's like after 5 p.m., it's not just 50% off, people. We're talking 75% off. And if you go. go on November 2nd, Holy moly, the sales are amazing. You're they're like giving it away, yeah. right? So bring so the truck. Over the years, I've acquired a many a costumes yeah. on November 1st. Uh, because you never know when you're going to need a sock hop sweetie costume, right? Yeah, it, it might be like a 50s sock hop Thanksgiving coming up. And yeah. you're going to have to so, wear um, something. Yeah, you never know when you're going to need it. So I've owned this since 2003 and I've never worn it. So uh, apparently I haven't needed it in 15 years. <laughs> so we can now go to uh, to someone who will value it appropriately. All right, let's, let's have a look here. This is uh, still new in bag. It's a size small, medium from the good folks at Leg Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like you get a, uh, it's like a top, a pink top and skirt combo. It's like a black skirt with pink polka dots and some musical notes on it. Two yeah, and a scarf and a matching polka dot scarf. So, if this sounds like something you would like to have, dear listener, uh, just be the first person to tweet. Got to use Twitter. Please don't like do it while you're driving. Pull over, or if you're at your uh, desk and you've got Twitter open, tweet. Be the first one. The message is getting my hands on Judd's goodies because I'm giving away this goodie. Let's see hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show. And if you really want me to see it right away. At Judd's Hill. That'll pop right up on my screen. I'll bring this back to the tasting room at Judd's Hill, and you can pick it up there. How exciting. Gets you a, a jump start on Halloween. I should say so here. Or if you have any fundraisers for your kids with a 50s theme, you want to be a little uh, uh, like a pink... Uh, a pink lady. A pink lady. From Greece. This yes, could fit in. That could, this fit, could in. fit in. It's like a, yes, a more <laughs> precious version of that. Let's see. We are we are talking to Supervisor Bailey Ramos, and let, we we left it right when you were getting into. I'm looking at the computer here; it's doing something funny on me. But I think we're I think uh -oh. we're still going. No, I think we're still going. We were getting into how you got into public service. You moved back. Your father incentivized you to come back, and then he hands you an application for a community uh, committee. Yes, the General Plan Revision Committee. And, and so you somehow go there. You Well, okay, you tell us, sir. I'm not going to jump too I, far ahead. I do want to be mindful of time, but let's let's get there. I applied. Yeah. I was interviewed, and I was placed on the committee. And then after three years, the committee never met. It was never called upon to meet by the city council. And, um, hmm. well, there's... Um, there's only one thing worse than committees that do nothing. It's committees that don't meet. And so I decided it was time to get involved. It was time to see why, why changes weren't happening and what really what needed to happen um, at, at the city. You know, American Canyon is the youngest city of the county. Right. And, um, and it had a lot of work to do. It had done some great things, but it also had a lot of challenges with Highway 29 in the middle of it. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm here. Might as well do something about it. So I had another uh, moment in time from my father. I was uh, working long hours as a lawyer, and I would even work on the weekends. And my dad came over during the brownouts. Do you remember the brownouts? Yeah, 2006 the, yeah the, summer the, the, of 2006 like these rolling yes, power outages the rolling, yes the rolling brownouts and so i was working ferociously on my laptop trying to get a brief done for a partner by monday and to get it saved before the brownout was coming and my dad came over and he brought me his signature lunch meal which was a roasted chicken and french bread from safeway that it it was left over from his pometa deli days do you uh, remember pometa deli of yeah. course so he that was his favorite lunch then and well now it's just migrated to the safeway signature <laughs> version of of the pometa's chicken deli right. uh, lunch and he brought it to me and um because he knew i was working and he asked me you know did did you did you not get all your hours in this week at the law firm? And I said, no, I did. I just have a lot of work. And my dad said to me, and probably the 
only time I have really heard a disappointment in my dad's voice. Oh, and wow. he said, your mother and I did not work so hard to put you through law school so you could turn around and work harder than us. And he left. Mm. One week later, I quit my job. That's impactful. Oh, my gosh. And I started my own business where I could only work half the year as a bar tutor. And I got involved in my community. Easy, easy, Lauren. She said bar tutor, not bartender. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you're tutoring folks. Yes. Past the bar. Yes. And eventually, somehow you end up on the American Canyon City Council. Yes. I ran in 2000. um, I ran in 2010. On election day, I was uh, five months pregnant with my second daughter, and I I served on the council, and I I loved it. I loved the ability to I loved the ability to be able to to be impactful in people's daily lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think about the city council as the people that. Um, help turn on your water when you get in the shower you don't think hey thanks city council for turning on my water but you should well i will from now on i will although i hate to think of myself envisioning all five of them when i'm stepping into the shower but But, hey be grateful it turned on and it gets warm (laughs) okay i'll focus on that thanks for putting that in my head when you turn on your television you don't think Hey, thanks, city council. You think about Comcast, but there are utility easements that the cities have to make available for these types of services to come in through you. When you think about the crosswalks, you don't say, hey, thanks, city council, for letting me have a crosswalk here so that I can cross the street in a safe and marked place. I think of my buddy Ed Moore, who does the traffic of lights and crosswalk installations for the city. That's who I, I do think yeah. of him, actually. Well, good. When as I push that should. button and it flashes, I say, thanks, Ed. As you I really should. do. As you should. <laughs> okay. When you, you know, when you look at lights, when you look at sidewalks, um, you know, those are the things that touch people's lives on a daily basis. Um, people care more about the pothole that they have to drive through to go to work every day than they do even things that are happening at a, at a national level. But they don't associate that with government. They associate that just with being frustrated about the pothole. At the end of the day, the people that impact your life the most are your local representatives, whether it's the council, whether it's the board of supervisors who in the unincorporated area does the same thing for me. I dig that. I, I thrive in being able to know that I can I can make people's lives better. Now, is everyone happy? No. Are there still potholes? Yes. We have about forty million dollars left over in uh, in storm storm repairs to do on our roadways from last year. There's a lot of work to do, but every day we go to work and trying to decide how we're going to be able to 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 make things better, and. That's my work. That's what I get to do every single day. That's pretty cool. You're obviously, I mean, you're cut for it. It's great. I mean, you get such uh, excitement and enthusiasm. I, I mean, just feel it coming off you, which is fantastic. That's what you want in somebody who's representing you. So, again, thanks for that. So, so how did the leap go from city council to supervisor? What did you see as, as it being a step up, just different responsibility? Like what drove you to make that jump? I see it as being a, a, a bigger responsibility. Okay. I, I see it as I am uniquely positioned. When you look at the Board of Supervisors right now, I am uniquely positioned to be the only supervisor that has lived in nearly every single supervisorial district. Oh. I grew up in St. Helena. Mm-hmm. I lived in Berryessa Estates. My when my parents brought me home, I was in Rutherford for one hot second. <laughs> two <laughs> months worth of Rutherford. Um, I lived in Browns Valley with my parents. I lived momentarily um, in downtown Napa, right off of Old Sonoma Road, mm-hmm. and now in American Canyon. I've lived in every part of of the county. I understand the the issues related to Berryessa Estates down to you know related to water um, all the way to to the the traffic challenges that we have in the south county portion um, it, it I was suited for it just from where I moved 
naturally. But also, you know, I was encouraged by my predecessor, Supervisor Keith Codwell, to mm-hmm. to run for, for his seat when he was ready to retire, saying that he was only going to do two terms. And I'm, I'm grateful for that mentorship and that trust placed uh, in me by him and, and by the voters of the 5th District. Having that position, do you find yourself advising your fellow supervisors or do they... Do they say, you know, stick stick to American Candy, no, we got this? Or, you know what? It that, seems like a collaborative group. It's a very collaborative group. And I think what's one of the things that is great about being a supervisor, yes, you're elected by districts, but you represent the whole county. Mm-hmm. And we look at uh, who is best suited for, for various issues and, and where does it make sense? So it's, it, I'll give you an example mm-hmm. of, as a result of the fire, every, every supervisorial district uh, lost homes. Yeah. I, my district lost 13 homes, not nearly the number that were in supervisor Pedroza's over 400, uh, yeah. 350, 400 over there. Um, and then supervisor Gregory and Dylan, yeah. um, also sure. losing, losing dozens, dozens of homes. That makes me better positioned to be able to advocate on a general um, platform of fire recovery to benefit the county because I don't have as much focus on that right now personally to my district whereas right. the other supervisors are in the trenches right now with their with their um, with their constituents. So I think if it, if we 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 divvy it up, we share it, we see what makes sense and we're certainly not about reinventing the wheel. Um, I had prior fire fire board experience coming from American Canyon and serving mm, the American Canyon right. Fire Protection District. So now I am the board's liaison to our fire services advisory committee um, because, as I we say, I already speak "quote unquote" fire. <laughs> so um, being able to to just take our our strengths and and utilize that, it's very collaborative. I I enjoy that part very much. And you really did step up during the fires. You seemed to be the most visible one. Everybody was obviously very engaged in doing what they had to do. And now that makes sense. You know, although we did see everybody speak at some point, yeah. the others were very focused on really helping out their specific uh, community or district. And you seem to step up and be the one doing the briefings for the most part. Yes. Um, you're up in a helicopter, I think, at one point, yes. doing Facebook Live, showing where the fires were and how they were being contained. That was very helpful. It was yeah, so good to know somebody was out there paying attention. Absolutely. So um, being chair, I think a lot of times people don't really... I, I think October gave us a little insight into what it actually means to be chair. And so you always understand what the mayor does in a city, right? You look to the mayor. The mayor is at the top mm. and, and you understand the hierarchy. And and honestly, unless there is something that is it's either during the meetings or something of, of grave, grave importance, such as, you know, disasters in themselves you don't really notice much about the the chair position because we all kind of work together and and it's very equal that that kind of defaulted me into into leading the press conferences and and it did work out well because my colleagues you know I had one colleague that was um, evacuated supervisor Pedroza was Mm -hmm. evacuated Supervisor Gregory was already having to deal with the mudslides from January and now add this on top. And so there were a lot of um, there were a lot of moving moving pieces, but it certainly it was a great hopefully a great snapshot for the community to see just how hard their their board of supervisors is is willing to work. I think it became very apparent. So what do you think of what do you think next steps are for you? Oh, are you are you? I just got here. Okay, that's fine. I, I've, I've only been here fourteen months. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> I, enough. As I said, um, as I said to staff, um, when um, we tr- we went over to uh, we voted Supervisor Wagon Connect in his chair as we do a rotation on the first meeting uh. in January. I um I said to staff I walked out I'm like okay so now I actually need to figure out what a supervisor does I've been <laughs> I've been busy as chair the last year now I actually need to figure out what I'm gonna do so you went running you just spent the past thirty days running I did I did and so I you, you run metaphorically you run physically yes yes you're a runner I'm I'm a runner I'm a runner and one of the things that was that was um 
it's 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 a priorities issue is what I figured out. I was always envious of the people that ran. I'm like, how how does she have time to run with all those kids? And how does he make time to run? And, and they go to work and, and they sleep too. How do they do that? I didn't I didn't get it until I finally started writing things down of what I wanted to accomplish in a day. And I've 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 really changed my mindset in terms of priorities and goals and writing things down. And I decided on January 21, I read, you know, it's 21 days to a new habit. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, let's, let's try it. And I had had a, some motivational issues getting back to the gym after the October and fall season that we had. Um, so I figured, okay, well let's, let's try it. And let me tell you that, that fear of flaking on myself Mm was the greatest motivation ever. So 30 days, 58.65 miles that hey. I ran, a minimum of one mile a day. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Great. I feel great. I'm answering for you because I'm just looking great. at you. I mean, you're sm- you have this huge smile on I your face. I feel great. I'm just, I'm just shocked that I did that. That's, that's the biggest commitment I've held in a while. <laughs> and I'm only going to say this next thing because you alluded to it earlier, but it gave you an excuse to get some new shoes, right? Uh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you are, and I've heard you talk about this before. Uh, you you have a bit of a shoe situation. The, I, I was going to say fetish, but that might come off That's weird. That's a little weird. But you 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 like shoes. I love shoes. You, you see. I let's love just put shoes. it this way, folks. When you're listening, next time you're at an event and you see a supervisor or Ramos out there, check out my shoes. Yeah, see today's are pretty schnazzy. Let's see. Whoa, that's got, so the style. I I used to work with wine, women, and shoes, and I knew what to call all the styles. That's it's it's like a type of flat. This it, is a flat, but it it's has a laced flat. A laced flat, but it has kind of a snakeskin band yeah. in the middle. That's, yeah, pretty cool. That is something, and and coordinated with your Absolutely. entire ensemble. Very good. Absolutely. Um, there's so much I would like to talk to you about. You, not much time. We're running out of time. You've cooked. Every recipe in like water for chocolate. Yes. I've heard that about you, which yes. I think is awesome. I'm um, being a fellow cook. <laughs> what a fun project. I wanted to ask you if you're related to uh, whoever invented the uh, Ramos Gin Fizz. I am not. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? My brother was in New Orleans yeah. uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> and he went to go drink one just because he wanted I wanted, <laughs> he wanted to have to one here it. for you, but you have to <laughs> shake it for so long. It would have been half the show. But here's here's a suggestion. You know, maybe when you do uh, you do these, you know, coffee with the supervisor or town oh, hall. Gin Let, Fizz with the supervisor. Exactly. The Ramos like Fizz. And I'd be happy to help moderate or at least bartend, so we can I talk like about that. that. <laughs> I do want to ask you something before we totally ran out of uh, run out of time, and this is something that I know much of the public here in Napa would like to know. I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but if you could please answer honestly, okay, or choose not to. But if you do, okay, we, we want to know. Okay, uh, do you go nuts for donuts? Do I what? Do you go nuts for donuts? Oh my god. <laughs> Every Wednesday we go to Dunkin' Donuts. So here you go. Oh. I want you to take one of these. Like today, it's buttercream. <laughs> so choose one of those donuts. What is she going to go for? Oh. Ooh. It's going to be the chocolate raised, a classic. Ooh. I'm not going to have any follow-up questions because we're running short on time. I just want you to enjoy that chocolate ra- And there she goes. Y'all that running? Uh, I <laughs> that's, what, it. that's right. And now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is manless that's right supervisor ramos you know how this game goes we're gonna ask you uh, to fill in the blanks and see what we get are you ready i'm ready she's ready with donut going i need an adjective please dark wow <laughs> you're good at this that's, you are a leader like that was decisive boom Done. answer for you okay dark another adjective harry harry all right got that verb a verb, an action word. Not, like I have to tell you what this. Sleep. <laughs> like how does she ever? Barely. A plural noun. Elephants. You are. There are two elephants in my son's room. My mom bought them for him. Literally the elephants in the room. Literally okay. the elephants. <laughs> verb ending in ing. Speeding, which I never do. Never. Sheriff Robertson. Sheriff Robertson. Yeah. A noun. Just a thing. Wood. Wood. 
Okay. Uh, almost done. A plural noun. More than one thing. Plates. Plates? Like what we wish we had for that donut right now. Okay. And a plural, another plural noun. Goldfish. Goldfish. Okay. Supervisor Bailey Ramos, earlier today I was online and I was reading an article about you in the Napa Valley Register. This is actually written just before you took office. Mm. So this is kind of the lead up. This okay. goes back a uh, little ways. <clears throat> but you've just rewritten part of this article. Oh, Are you ready? jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Prepare to be amazed, Billy. <laughs> Here we go. I already. This is going to kill. I can already tell. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Ramos has a track record on the American Canyon City Council. So what kind of supervisor is Napa County getting? American City Councilman Mark Joseph had this to say. She's a very dark person. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell that right off the bat. (laughs) She has a very hairy way with people. Oh, my. (laughs) She has those personal skills (laughs) You need to sleep well in public. (laughs) Wow, no wonder. No wonder you've been so successful in this job. Okay. Even on elephants that the council hasn't talked much about. That's very appropriate. You like that? Yeah, those elephants in the room. She has a surprising amount of knowledge, Joseph said. He realized she's doing a lot of her own speeding and wood finding. I guess, are you out in the forest finding your own? Must be. Very quickly, you are. Former Napa County Supervisor Keith Caldwell said that Ramos, and this is his quote, listens to all sides of whatever decisions we have to make and studies the plates thoroughly. Is it lunch is served, perhaps? Mm, <laughs> yeah, apparently. That's what you're looking at. Well, as a supervisor, I think I do eat five meals a day. Good for you. Plus, he said, nodding to Supervisor Diane Dillon, we need more goldfish on the board of supervisors. Well, now. <laughs> oh. So congratulations to you, Supervisor Bailey Ramos. I'm so happy that you took some time out of your schedule to join us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you, getting to know you a little better. And, you know, we can save the issues for another host, another show. But thanks for coming to Enjoy Donuts and telling us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Judd. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate it. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.